Welcome to the Pearl of Great Price podcast. Thanks for joining us today. It's the 19th of August. And on this day in Christian history, we go back to the year 1868. And we travel to Jordan, where late in the afternoon, during a coffee break, the Sheikh of the Bana Hamadi tribe informed the German Anglican missionary, Frederick Klein, of a massive inscribed basalt stone lying on a nearby mound called Tel Diban. Although time was too short for a thorough inspection of the stone, Klein told Julius Henry Peterman, the German consul and orientalist at Jerusalem, about the sensational discovery. Klein and Peterman's attempt to keep the find secret was unsuccessful and news spread quickly. In addition, to the Germans and the French, the British became interested in acquiring the stone, and its price soared. The stone is currently on display in France at the Louvre Museum, and Jordan has demanded its return. It is known as the Moabite stone, and it dates from around 840 years before Christ, containing a significant inscription in the name of King Mesha of Moab a kingdom that was located in modern Jordan, is the most extensive inscription ever recovered that refers to the kingdom of Israel or the house of Omri. Omri reigned in Israel a half century after the death of Solomon had split the nation in two. And the stone also bears the earliest certain extra-biblical reference to the Israelite god Yahweh. Tel Diban is located 40 miles south of Amman and 12 miles east of the Dead Sea. It is a mound of more than 30 acres in area and 130 feet in height. And it contains a fascinating record of some 6,000 years of human occupation. Archaeologists have revealed that the story of Diban is one of boom and bust of rapid settlement growth and equally rapid contraction. Exodus, the liberation of the people of Israel from the slavery in Egypt, can be dated to around 13th century BC under the leadership of Moses. And it seems that the stone indicates that Tel Diban was a stopping place for the tribe of Israel before they would reach the promised land. The stone also tells of how Shemosh, the god of Moab, had been angry with his people and had allowed them to be subjugated to Israel. But at length, Shemosh returned and assisted King Mesha to throw off the yoke of Israel and restore the lands of Moab. It is of particular interest to biblical archaeologists because the stone story parallels with some differences an episode in the Bible's Book of Kings. When Klein discovered the Moab stone, or the Meshastele, as it's known technically, amateur explorers and archaeologists were scouring the Levant for evidence proving the Bible's historicity. A squeeze or a papier-mâché impression, had been obtained by a local Arab 
on behalf of an archaeologist based in the French consulate in, Jer in Jerusalem. And on the 8th of February, the Englishman George Grove of the Palestinian Exploration Fund announced the find of the stone in a letter to the Times, sparkling an international scramble for such a prized antiquity. However, the following year, the stone was smashed into several fragments by the Bedouin tribe, the Bani Hameda, in an act of defiance against the Ottoman authorities who had pressurised the Bedouins to hand it over so that it could be given to Germany. The French managed to acquire most of the fragments and they pieced together 613 of the original letters of about a thousand letters cut into the stone. And this was thanks to the impression that had been made before the stone's destruction. Christian Ginsberg book of 1871, the Moabite stone, reproduced the text of the stele from the squeeze and various differing translations by different scholars. Klein published a note in the Palmar Gazette describing his discovery of the stone in August 1868 and his sadness that it had remained intact for such a short time. I afterwards ascertained that Gnaud's assertion as to no European having before me seen the stone was perfectly true. So I am sorry to find that I was also the last European who had the privilege of seeing this monument of antiquity in its perfect state of preservation. Moab and Israel had a long history of interchanging conflict in the Bible as neighbouring kingdoms, with control of certain areas shifting back and forth over the centuries. But as well as conflict, we have intermarriage, as famously happened with Ruth, the person after whom the book of Ruth in the Bible is named. In the narrative, she is not an Israelite, but rather is from Moab, and she marries an Israelite. I will go wherever you go. And both her husband and her father-in-law die, and she helps her mother-in-law, Naomi, find protection. The two of them travel to Bethlehem together, where Ruth wins the love of Boaz through her kindness. She becomes the great-grandmother of King David, and is one of the five women mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus that's found in the Gospel of Matthew, alongside Tamar, Rahab, the wife of Uriah, Bathsheba, and Mary. That's all from the Pearl of Great Price today. Thanks for listening. Join us tomorrow if you can as we look at the life and the thought of Rudolf Karl Bultmann. For this year's archive of podcasts, please visit www.pogp.net. And if you'd like to give any feedback, you can email us on pogppod at gmail.com. If you have time, please subscribe and share the podcast with friends. Have a lovely day wherever you are, and thanks for listening.